Oh, wait, Steve and Miguel, you guys send pictures of meat to each other? Yes. Yes, all the time. Short answer is yes, all the time. All right. while, we're, while we're making the meat, while we're eating the meat. Just ordered my uh, $20 burger order from Dick's. Door you always get drunk and order burgers, and then you, you bitch about it the next day. Yeah, I know. It's like Dick's Burgers. It's like great, uh, but it's pretty trashy. It's not worth 20 to Well, Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Breaches, where we cover one of our favorite bourbons and the top five most interesting data breaches from this last week. I'm Steve. Mike. Shoo. Nikki. It's me out. Great. And uh, for today's bourbon, we have Mike, who's already here's drinking some of it. Uh, Mike will be, what are you reviewing today, Mike? Today we are reviewing a Larceny Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, the small batch 92 proof. Uh, this is a weeded bourbon whiskey. Steve, I'll let you talk a little bit about the background and the mash bill, but I'll get to the tasting. Um, this, this pours really light. You can see like a really light caramel color and that's what you get right in the front and on the nose. So smelling it smells super sweet. Uh, it's super sweet up front, but it's got a really long finish. It really reminds me of the, um, the bourbon that I had at, at your place. And I know that we reviewed on the podcast, the other weeded bourbon. 1843. The 1843 uh, in the way that it finishes. Uh, but it's not, it's not powerful up front. If you're looking for a sipping bourbon or something, uh, something to mix, like for an old fashioned, this would make for a nice mixer as well. It's delicious. Okay, great. I'd be my tasting, but I'm a few in. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll confirm a few tasting notes um, uh, once we get to it. So let me share a little bit about Larceny. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, Larceny is a Heavenly Hill brand. Uh, I was unaware until earlier today. Um, so, uh, Larceny has an interesting story. Um, so Larceny has just a few offerings. Uh, it's a brand that was introduced by Heavenly Hill in 2012. So it's eight years old. Um, uh, I guess nine now. Now they have won some San Francisco world spirit competition, uh, double golds, uh, or at least looks like there's a single gold, but I think they had at least one double gold. Um, Mike, I don't believe the one that you're drinking is a double gold winner, but I believe there's a Larceny bottled in bond or a uh, Larceny barrel proof. Um, got that is. So we've got the barrel proof and then we also have Old Fitzgerald. So uh, for those that uh, don't know, Old Fitzgerald was bought by Heavenly Hill in 1999. Um, and uh, Heavenly Hill re-released a biannual Old Fitzgerald uh, bottled in bond. So they've made this pretty hard to find, uh, but Larceny is pretty much e everywhere now. Um, the uh, 92, uh, obviously, you know, very focused on it being uh, a weeded bourbon. And then We've got the Heavenly Hill Distillery. Heavenly Hill Distillery covers a lot of bourbons that we've covered on the show so far. Um, doing a quick scroll through uh, their site. Um, so this is one that I've, I've wanted to try for a while, the McKenna uh, tenure. I've heard that's quite good. You can see Evan Williams in the background right there. So Evan Williams is another brand from them. 
Um, we've got, you know, some other cool ones to try. Uh, Elijah Craig, Pikesville. And uh, I noticed something up here. You can see the um, barrel rooms. Uh, this is a known thing uh, throughout Louisville. Uh, I was in that one right there. Nice. Were you? Did, did yeah. you did you bother playing around with or touching? Is this this is either uh, some sort of mold or moss that grows specifically in areas where you are distilling and storing ethanol? It looks yeah, like um, a I didn't touch the mold or moss, um, but I believe that's the one that they bring you in with tours. So. I, uh, I put my hands a lot on, on, or I put my hands on a lot of the barrels in there. Yeah. That was basically about it. Yeah. So, so I noticed this, it's not a good look, but evidently this is very common throughout Louisville and throughout Kentucky is, uh, whenever you have massive amounts of ethanol, of a black substance just starts growing there. Um, so kind of crazy. Not the most attractive, but this looks like a really fun tasting room um, and distillery. Uh, according to Breaking Bourbon, who did a review of the bourbon that you're drinking, Mike, uh, undisclosed mash bill. We don't know what's in it, but obviously corn and wheat, and they say some malted barley. Um, and they have a hundred proof version as well. Um, you know, fruits and sugar cane on the nose, uh, cinnamon, honey, sweet, uh, baking spices in the palate, and then a, a medium, uh, warm finish. You getting all that, Mike? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's just a, a fancier way to put what I said, which is that it's, it's nice and sweet up front. It lasts a long time. So if you like sipping bourbons, this is going to feel a little bit tame. If you, uh, if you like a sweeter, uh, bourbon, like something that you'd something that you'd mix. Um, this is going to pack a wallop at the end uh, that you're probably not ready for, but it's it would be a nice introduction into that into that kind of experience. Yep. Also, I bought I, I picked it up for like twenty six bucks, and this is a really really nice bottle of bourbon for twenty six bucks. Yep. Yeah, I've had I've had that bourbon as well. Um, they say it's a great entry point bourbon. Uh, I completely agree. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not a high price point, um, and it's going to be generally pretty enjoyable. Yeah, no disagreements here. Delicious. Uh, Shu, you you uh, went through the Bourbon Trail. Did you stop by uh, Heavenly Hill? Yes, I did. Heavenly Hill, um, fun place. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of their brands. Um, some of them are okay, but uh, definitely did stop by Heavenly Hill or Heaven Hill, and it was. Um, Oh it's yeah, it's, place. It's, it's Heaven Hill, not Heavenly Hill. Yeah, I've it's been uh, wrong it's, the whole time. You definitely uh, learn a lot there, and the tours are pretty good. So, looks like they've got a, a good uh, selection to choose from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because Old Fitz is known for to be like a, a ten dollar bottle uh, bourbon. So, uh, give Heaven Hill credit for expanding that brand to uh, still have the bargain old fits, but also expand out to, uh, to higher end larceny there. I've not tried larceny, but I would like to try it. 
it it's good I'd, I'd recommend it looks like they have other weeded bourbons and other weeded whiskeys as well as the bernheim original um and i believe i was looking for it but i haven't seen it i believe that uh old forester is um another heaven hill brand is that right i believe so yeah yep i remember that because you said you felt that all the heaven hill brands tasted like uh plastic uh, I wouldn't say all of them, but <laughs> <laughs> the one I did tasted a lot like plastic. Well, I'm finishing off, Nikki and I are finishing off our bottles of early times. Um, I probably have another day's worth. We'll see. Um, Depends what kind of day. Does indeed. Depends on what stories you have for us, Nikki. First topic we'll be covering today comes from Smart Company. Headline reads, a whopping 88% of federal government data breaches are caused by human error. Um, mind you, this comes from uh, the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner, OAIC. But do you guys think that this is pretty common uh, anywhere in the world, especially government agencies? And what do you think uh, is a good remedy for this? I, I want to know how humans are not responsible for the other 12%. <laughs> AI hacking AI. I, I think a hundred percent, I think a hundred percent are due to humans. Yeah. I think this was a, the interesting part of this was uh, when they talked about the stats and said, uh, was it 58% of, uh, of, a, of data breaches were due to malicious or criminal attacks in the non-government sector in Australia. But I guarantee those malicious attacks, those entry points were because of some sort of human error also. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, ha hackers don't hack computers. They hack people. People are, are way easier to hack. They have far more vulnerabilities. The vulnerabilities never get patched. Um, you never upgrade your humans. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, it was interesting to, for, for this article to talk about the type of, of, uh, of attacks that they've experienced in the Australian federal government. And it was things like sending information to where it wasn't supposed to be sent blind carbon copying, uh, or not blind carbon copying, um, just a lot of sloppiness. I get it. I, I had to send some documents into a company uh, this week. They read off their email address. Uh, I typed it in wrong and I sent some sensitive documents to thankfully uh, a domain that didn't have uh, a mail server set up. Um, so, but if someone was typo squatting on that domain, they would have received all of my sensitive documents. So. Um, it's incredibly easy for employees to let a hacker in. Um, and so, yeah, like if, if 88% is due to human error, um, I don't think anyone's surprised by that. Probably a good idea to encrypt those documents uh, and then send them a separate password. Yeah. Separate email. It's not how business works. <laughs> this, this was an email inbox that went to a ticketing center 
that allowed them to access the documents. Business isn't built for security. Yeah. Not these days. If, 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 if they wanted to be secure, they'd, they'd have a corporate account on Signal, and then I could have done all the same things except for securely. Topic number two is from IT Pro. Headline reads, outsourcing giant Serco hit by ransomware attack. Um, cyber criminals deployed the Babook ransomware to encrypt more than one terabyte of data belonging to the firm behind NHS test trace. This sounds like another huge company that handles a lot of other companies' data getting breached once again. What are your thoughts on the matter? And can we fix it today? Oh, no. <laughs> no, we, no. We, we, ransomware is, uh, we will look back at the beginning of 2021 and how few cases of ransomware there were and think, ah, oh, the good old days. <laughs> um, ransomware is a, a tidal wave that's about to hit everyone. Uh, we, we track Babook and we track 22 others. Um, I think two months ago, we were tracking like 16 or 18 others. Um, other than the FBI shutting down the website for which what? Netwalker? Yeah. But we're still tracking that one because they still own the .onion domain and they're going to set up a new site. Like, so that even with the FBI shutting them down, they're, they're back up uh, or they're probably going to be. So yeah, it's uh, this one, it's bad. Uh, two, it's bad that there's a company like this that got hacked that had personal information. I would question why that personal information wasn't encrypted um, with separate keys and hashed and stored in hardened servers. So um, not to victim blame, but I question why all that information was accessible. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, uh, Babook's fairly new. Uh, I was tracking them. They used to just post their victims on raid forms, and now they have a website. So, um, you know, they're, they're growing. Um, and so we, we, you know, uh, we can see on their website who they're breaking into, and this just is yet another victim. One interesting okay. thing in the article was that it talked about how Babook was not, uh, not a very sophisticated piece of software. And uh, big surprise, guess what? It doesn't have to be. All it has to do is encrypt your um, encrypt your file and it could be the sloppiest code in the world. If it encrypts it, you're screwed. We are spending a good amount of time on ransomware, which is fine because the topic next is, again, ransomware. I'm gonna share my screen. So this one comes from Believing Peter. Our friend Lawrence. Headline reads: Phonix ransomware shuts down and releases master decryption key. Um, the ransom, the Phonix run ransomware operators have shut down their operation and released the master decryption, allowing victims to recover their files for free. Very suspicious about this article because they basically said, "Oh." here's the decryption key, we're sorry, we're gonna do things for the public good now. I'm wondering if someone got caught or got close to being caught and decided instead to be a CI and as part of the agreement, they had to release the, dec the decryption key. Um, I would not be surprised if whoever 
release that decryption key was doing it because they because they had to. Um, otherwise, why would you do that? Why why would you even bother? Um, you know, that, that's a lot of work plus burning some bridges um, for no apparent benefit. I just cannot picture. I cannot fathom Pablo Escobar saying, "Yeah, yeah, I've had enough. I, I have enough money. I've done a lot of lots of cocaine." Yeah, I'm, I'm going to retire. It's because somebody, somebody in Moscow is missing a finger. <laughs> Number four topic we'll be covering comes from make use of. Headline reads, anyone can hack your Snapchat. Here's how to stop them. I know none of us have Snapchat and we tried to open one and we got banned immediately because of Steve. Uh, <laughs> but this does relate to a topic that has been covered before and it's end-to-end -end encryption. Um, apparently Snapchat doesn't have it. So this isn't news. S Snapchat's never been secure. I, it's been laughable and asinine that the company that says we totally delete your nudes um, doesn't delete your nudes and they don't encrypt your data. Like why, why would you expect them to? Signal will delete your nudes. Don't use Signal for sending nudes. But if you did have to send nudes, use Signal because it's public, it's end-to-end -end encrypted, and I assume whatever deletion technology they have built in is uh, within their open source and can be reviewed. Snapchat is a company that had very little security built in. Uh, they said, upload all your photos to us. Um, and then when uh, you want them to be deleted, they're totally deleted. And we will never show you and we'll never confirm it. Just trust us. We have a data center and we're going to totally delete your stuff. Um, and as we've seen, trusting social media companies is generally a bad idea. Um, and like, why would you ever trust you're uploading your personal photos to someone's server. Your nudes to someone's server. Your nudes. Why are you uploading your nudes to someone's server? You shouldn't do that. And then when they say they don't have end-to-end -end encrypted encryption, you shouldn't be surprised because they've never had that. This article was funny in that if you actually if if you if we read the, through the whole article, it's not one incident of how Snapchat was breached. We know it's they've been data is leaked left and right. This article was about here are the different ways to hijack your Snapchat account. Mm -hmm. Topic number five we'll be sharing today from Hacker News. Headline reads. A new wormable Android malware spreading through WhatsApp. Uh, a newly discovered Android malware has been found to propagate itself through WhatsApp messages to other contacts in order to expand what appears to be an adware campaign. I'll say it again. Um, I'm happy to see worms are back. Yeah, it's almost cute after all the ransomware stories. It's very retro. Do use WhatsApp a lot. I mean, it's very used in third world countries and also I think in Europe as well. Why is WhatsApp letting arbitrary code be executed? That's just beyond stupid. This, this, so this, um, 
this article was interesting. It's got all the elements here. WhatsApp, uh, Huawei, um, Android, Worms. This is a great article. I enjoyed this article. There are multiple, multiple great stories here. Um, WhatsApp just might be the mechanism to launch a link. It looks like the, the real damage is done with a, with a Huawei fake app here, a fake site. So uh, it goes back to Huawei. And if we talk more shit about them, we're going to end up on the CCP list here. I have no problem with Huawei. I really like Huawei. But um, I think oh what's God. interesting is yep. that this malware, uh, which is a throwback, um, used WhatsApp. They assumed WhatsApp was installed and they built their spreading, their worm to use WhatsApp. So I think this is going to happen with any prominent platform is people are going to exploit you. Um, worms used to spread through AOL. So there you go. Um, and uh, I still think that WhatsApp should have minimal protections that prevent this. Like it shouldn't be hard to figure out if someone is using WhatsApp in an automated fashion um, and spreading the same link to every contact. Um, even if WhatsApp doesn't allow for arbitrary code execution, they should have safeguards against um, arbitrary programs using WhatsApp to spread itself. The the apps, as as Steve has mentioned, and everybody's that like it's not built for security, and it's not something that you can it's not something that you can build in. It's built for uh, personal use to do what the consumer wants it to do, but not for the things that the consumer doesn't even know can be done. Which yeah, I guarantee you what happened was that the CTO and the investor said, we need to get our user base up and uh, just increase our user base. Let's not worry about the bugs. Let's not worry about the backend bugs. Let's not worry about security bugs. We can fix that later. And it became kind of a monster. But you can't. But yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a kind of a lesson for a lot of, especially as of right now, there's a whole bunch of new companies and new apps that, People have their ideas. They want to service millions, if not billions of people, but nobody is really taking into account that they need to make sure that the people that use this product that they make will not screw them over at the end of the day. So but, uh, I think the best response to your question, and it's a very good one, um, I'm going to have to quote uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> Only if you do the face. I, I can't do a robot face. Um, yes, you can. So uh, Mark Zuckerberg said, uh, in referring to uh, Facebook, people just submitted it. I don't know why they trust me, dumb fucks. Famous Mark Zuckerberg. So here's, 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 here's the thing, Nikki. Okay, let's take, let's take Drizzly. For example, which was hacked, right? You have to you have to build with security in mind. Drizzly is getting bought for like 1.1 million by Uber now, because they managed to build up a big enough customer base and at least enough pass through revenue to look like they're doing well enough for Uber to come and and, and buy them for one billion. Now the question is, do you say having not built with security in mind, is it still cool that they got bought for a billion? And if you want to get bought for a billion, should you just grow the base as quickly as possible? 
Or do you say it could have been 2 billion or could have been 3 billion and something hurt the brand and that affected the negotiation? Or do you say the consumer has to buy and download with security in mind? And so it's the market getting smarter and more conscious before the, you know, the developers start to respond to that. And it's, it's kind of a, it's a mix of all three, but especially the last one. It's up to the consumer to think, did this person build for speed and for, for very fast networking and are they dumb fucks or did they build with security in mind and, and are they conscious of who they're giving their data and their information to? I, I think okay. we're at an inflection point. I think that up until very recently, the consumer did not demand security and you could get away with moving very fast and very sloppy and very insecure and the consumer would not care. Um, I think those days are coming to an end. And I think the consumer is becoming more security aware. I think security awareness is becoming more prevalent. And I think security is becoming a much more, uh, uh, a much larger concern for the average consumer. So up until now, if you had something that was faster, better, cheaper, the consumer would go after it. I think soon, or maybe we're even seeing it now, you have to be faster, better, or more secure. And I, consumers will spend, um, they, they will vote with their dollars. And you're going to see a lot of consumers reject WhatsApp, reject Facebook, reject Snapchat, and every other platform that does not give them the controls to be secure. Um, there's been an apathy towards data breaches, but I, I think with more knowledge of who's being breached um, and with breaches being in the news forever now, every day is a new breach. I think consumers are going to start voting with their wallets um, and you're going to see companies that move fast and don't take security seriously, just die. Apple, for example, is willing to piss off other companies and some other people that are trying to use their platform right now to make a play that they are not just a lifestyle company, that they're the privacy company and they're going to start policing it in other people. You know, that's the shots fired between Apple and Facebook right now. And if we're really at that inflection point, which, which we likely are, that's, a, that's an, a good stand to take and it's probably too late for Facebook to pivot. Yeah, I think it was very telling that after Elon Musk's statement about Signal that I was getting um, relatives in Hong Kong and, and, uh, and Indonesia suddenly uh, when I launch Signal, and I know that they were previously on WhatsApp to get a slew of notifications saying so-and-so is on Signal. Yeah, I don't like how Signal tells everyone that I'm on Signal. I actually find that to be a violation of my privacy, but that aside, um, yes, I think that people are becoming more security conscious. And if it's a minimal amount of extra work to choose a secure platform versus an insecure platform, then people are gonna do it. And I think Signal, I, I'm very bullish on Signal. I think Signal is going to go to the moon. I would not be surprised if Signal overtook WhatsApp um, in terms of daily active users uh, and installs, and I think that they should. Um, but there's, 
there's a lot of aspects of security that people are just now waking up to. And it's, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not happenstance. It is very much because their um, information has been abused. People have been abused for so long that, that they're tired of it and they're going to do whatever they can to protect themselves. You've had like four hacks. I've had, I've had way more than four. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, four or five times on this podcast and he cares about this shit. So the, yeah. imagine, imagine all the consumers out there that are like, yep, download, download, download. That's a problem. Why do you think I started making this company? It's because I've been hacked so many times I couldn't keep track of them all. It's literally why this company exists. It was like <laughs> after true. the seventh hack in what year was it? 2017. I got hacked seven times in 2017. And I was just like, I can't even keep track of this shit. Um, and I was like, I need a service that tells me when all the hacks happen. And that just, no, that didn't exist. So this has been an episode of Bourbon and Breaches. If you liked what you saw today, comment, like, and subscribe. Uh, if you didn't like what you saw today, comment, also like, and subscribe. Uh, if there's a breach that we need to cover, please let us know. And if there's a bourbon that we need to cover, please let us know as well. Also, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast for a very low price and happen to also produce bourbon, uh, please let us know. We will review any bourbon, no matter how bad, as Shu has shown us in previous episodes. We mean super low. You can pay us in bourbon. <laughs>